Hey everybody and welcome to episode 99 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon and I am joined by uh, a man today who shares my name and love of recording podcasts. The one, the only, Brando from Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to Metallicast. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, the only difference <laughs> between us is facial hair, I guess. Yeah. Your beard, you don't. Yeah, uh, I don't. Are you? Uh, do you have nothing on top like myself? Oh yeah, I'm clean shaven up there. Um, I got a little peach fuzz right now, but uh, I mean, we all we all got that. But it's yeah, not, you know what what it was of yesteryear. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, thanks for having me on. You've been on my podcast to talk about Metallica yeah. and, and, and Guns N' Roses, so I'm excited to talk more on the Metallica side. As obviously you know, I've I saw them recently for only the second time. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here because I think it's an exciting time to be a fan of both bands because we have Metallica that came out with the new album back in April and they're, of course, currently on tour, like you just said. We were both um, at that New Jersey show. And then GNR also uh, releasing a new song recently and also currently on tour and you saw them also in New Jersey recently. So, yeah. I'm interested in uh, diving into all of this, but let's start at the beginning, like just the beginning of your fandom. Uh, do you remember the first time you heard Metallica and sort of what your initial reaction was and how your how you became a fan of the band? You know, it's funny with all the time I've spent talking thinking about Guns N' Roses and when those moments happened, I never really t- took the time. So this is me actually in real time thinking about. When was the first time? Right. Like, it felt like they've always been there. Yeah. Like, like your parents. Like they're always, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, or like family. They've always been there. I, I can't, it, it could have been, be a classic rock radio. Yeah. It could have been through MTV. could have been through Beavis and Butthead. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you want to date uh, myself, because they were born, or excuse me, I was born. Well, I guess maybe the same, if you can say that Kill Em All is when they were born. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1983 so yeah even with my gnr fandom i, I you know because my, my first concert was the ninja turtles at radio city music <laughs> Wait, hall that was my first concert we might have yeah. discussed this on we twitter i'm not sure did. we but, probably did <laughs> yeah ninja turtles at um the old great woods in mansfields massachusetts that was my first concert love it love it <laughs> my, mine was at radio city music hall and I remember outside they sold toy nunchucks. They had right. they made of plastic and had some crappy pl- plush, you know, thing around it. Not even yeah. plush. It was more of like st- styrofoamy, whatever. It wasn't safe, but it wasn't uh, <laughs> right. dangerous. One regardless, of those old school toys. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, I'm swinging it around. I smacked right. my brother in the head within five minutes by ac- by accident. Yeah. Quote. <laughs> uh, but so it, it took point being I bring that up is it took me a while to be like get into metal and get into the harder sure. stuff um, because I, I think I was a, a big Michael Jackson fan starting out oh and, yeah uh, you know when you're a kid that was acceptable yeah. now you look back and it's like hmm. all right <laughs> um, I, I wish I could tell you when I wish I, I knew when you know maybe even being a Yankee fan because Mariano Rivera always came in to enter Sandman. Right, of uh, course. I, 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 surely that's not the first time I heard Metallica. But sure. th- that's just one of the ways that just they've always been there yeah. in my life. 
and the the first time I only I got to see them was similar to, to GNR because well similar in the fact that in around the same year because GNR was 2002 and then Chinese Democracy Tour and they canceled the entire thing the next day when I saw them at the Garden yeah and, I just I, I saw them on that tour as well I squeezed it in in Worcester okay yeah, yeah that's that's a rare tour that's a rare tour yeah um i actually wore the shirt i got there at that show to the recent one i went to the end that oh, metal nice. life uh, met metal life i guess combined the two yeah, the, the stadium. right 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 yeah met, uh, met life which used to be the meadowlands which used to be yeah. a giant stadium yada, yada. Well, well the signs don't say Meadowlands, so it throws you off when well, you're on the highway known <laughs> as uh, you're right uh, but it was known as Giant Stadium when I first saw Metallica, which was for yeah. that summer sanitarium tour. Yeah. Which I completely forgot. I saw Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I, I just had, like, no memory of that. And now right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was when Behind Blue Eyes was on the radio. Oh, yeah. You know, the they're, they're, they're yeah. Who cover. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did see them. I totally blocked it out from my memory. <laughs> so, yeah, just to see them. Got to avoid that PTSD later. from Limp Bizkit, you know? Uh, yeah, I never. I mean, there there were some <laughs> songs here and there. I'm like, all right, you're of the time, right? Right. But Metallica was never like that. I remember, yeah. it, maybe similarly through my same friends who helped me get into GNR more so, more so. Uh, my my friend uh, Mike, and he was always more Metallica, and I was more GNR. Sure. I guess like, he was the one that I asked what album of Guns N' Roses should I get for my first one, knowing just what I heard on the radio or downloaded off a uh, Napster or whatever. Yeah. And I told most of the songs I named were off Appetite, so that's why he told me where to start. But he was big into Metallica, so probably being around him influenced me a lot. Yeah. I still remember to this day, and he doesn't remember him coming into middle school having both load and reload in his hands and being like, what the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you swear ahead. Yeah. You know, what the, what the fuck is this? Throwing it on the ground and like stepping on it. He's, he has no memory of this. I remember, yeah. but being how the memory Metallica, does not remain for him, huh? Not well played. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> uh, but being how Metallica fans still are still yeah. longing for the days of Cliff Burton and, and, you know, right. the yeah, first yeah. couple of records, but just being like, what is this but yeah. me being a fan of those records load and reload not sure as much as the earlier ones yeah. but they had some they had some good songs yeah i hold those records those, those records have a special place in my heart because i was in middle school when those albums came out so like yeah. for me i got my first cd player and load was the first cd i ever owned okay. you know so i was like the perfect age to experience those albums so for me i hold those albums in high regard because they were part of my childhood, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas I get, you know, if you're more of an old school fan, maybe they were not your thing. I get it. But I think the albums have aged pretty well. And I think they have a pretty good following these days, you know, of people kind of remembering them fondly, especially I think since you can kind of look back on it as like a phase in their career that they yeah. kind of grew out of as, you know, they entered the two thousands. Hey, I'm glad that they did it. And it's, a similar conversation I have with GNR fans. Uh, obviously, yeah. Chinese democracy is a, a kind of lightning rod, and but there are plenty of fans that that's what they grew up on, which is right. so hard to believe yeah. for some of us. But then you have, I don't know about you, but me that grew up with them already kind of being broken up and starting mm -hmm. from the illusions era. 
yep. know, becoming a fan of that band first and then going back. Uh, but there were fans that saw them in 87, 88 Kazunheit or uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, it fans that saw them in the late 80s being like this, you know, no Izzy, yeah. no Guns right. of Roses. There are still plenty of those. Right. Still clamoring 30 years later for Izzy, just like still clamoring. I get, sure. obviously there's more of a, a chance of an Izzy appearance than a Cliff appearance. Right. But it's uh it's the same kind of argument. People wonder uh, for yes, hoping for yesteryear. But yeah. with Metallica, which I, I guess I've always appreciated, that they've always kept doing stuff. Right. Like they've always, or GNR, not only, I mean, they, they broke up where Metallica then really broke up. Even when Newstead left, it was, yeah. they, some kind of monster, you know the story. They, sure. They, they got robbed. They kept moving, but they kept putting stuff out. Yeah, you have your Lulu's, um, I guess. Um, maybe I can. I don't know if I want to revisit that. I, I know it's people like we're talking about revisiting stuff. Yeah. I mean, St. Anger probably gets, I think that's a phase. Yeah. Because that, they, oh, that for was sure. Because I remember experiencing uh, the songs from St. Anger. Right. Frantic live the first time I saw them and enjoying yeah. it live. Yeah. You know, so it has. Uh, the songs fit in nicely in their live set, but the songs live, you know, sound more traditional obviously whereas the recorded versions sound very out of the box compared to everything that came before and after so it's a different experience live like there's really nothing that sounds like that record except that record (laughs) but and it's for better or for worse and to me that that doesn't even matter because it's out there and it's not like that's where they stopped or even where they kept going whereas with gnr you're hoping for anything and now what we're getting and this is a whole other argument uh, i don't know if there's something similar in the metallica world where it could be 20 years ago it could be 10 it could be 40 whatever songs you could write songs at one period of your life and maybe not have it released or re-released or whatever yeah. so in the case of these new gnr songs like perhaps that just came out written 20 years ago during the chinese era of, uh, of, Gun- of Guns N' Roses and there were leaks, demos yep. that circulated and now it's out, it's new Duff and Slash have worked on it and I'm kind of at the, the school of thought is yeah it was written 20 years ago but it's not trying to be completely passed off as like hey these lyrics are how I feel now or right. it, we were never meant to hear it right. they're, they're called leaks for a reason <laughs> sure, and it makes yeah. and what I've been saying, which I don't know is uh, how often it's brought up in your podcast, but Lars was kind of right with the whole Napster oh. thing and people sharing files. And Oh, yeah. I had a whole uh, episode about it. I think, you know, it, it's, it was easy to make him public enemy number one when that was going on. But you look what the music industry has become. And, yeah, I mean, there's he was right the whole way. And even when you look now at, you know, the streaming platforms and I, as a consumer, I love the streaming platforms, right? Cause all my music is right here in my phone, right. but you know, as a musician, it's not, they're not getting their fair wages from it. You know, they get paid pennies less than they, yeah. you know, would otherwise. And it's just tough. And I actually had, um, and I'm saying this as something I do not think will ever, ever happen. 
But I think the only thing that can truly save the musicians is if they band together and somehow create some kind of like performing arts union. Um, I, and I say that as you watch like the writer strike right now, right. And the actor strike and similar thing. And the only way musicians are going to get better pay from these streaming services and, you know, be able to fight these venues on taking percentages of, you know, their merch and all this stuff that they have to combat is if they somehow band together. Um, and I, I don't know how that happens. I don't see it happening, but it's going to take, you know, like the Metallica's and the GNR's and the Taylor Swift's and the Paul McCartney's like all the big boys and girls to band together and do something about it. But I don't, but I, I think it's so fractured now that it's almost impossible to fix it. Unfortunately, if anyone could do it though, it's Taylor Swift. She is somebody, right? Could, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she could, Wow. Yeah, side note, even though I, I kind of say that jokingly, the fact yeah. that she gave her truck drivers like $100, bonus, $100, $100,000 yeah. um, just you shows you because that. it's hard. It's yeah. not just hard for the artists. It's hard for everybody. Right. You know, and it's, uh, Especially, you know, following COVID and the couple of years, everything was shut down. Those guys were not working, you know? Right, because it's not just like the, the money goes straight to the artist. The artist right. usually has to pay a crew. Sure. The artist is not getting paid. I mean, I I kind of feel that way, and even in the podcast industry, you know, yep. if I, I I say that to just quick side note, like I have somebody who helps make designs just for the love of it. I would right. love to pay him, but I yeah. make not that much money off of YouTube. Yeah, and you know, sure. cents on the dollar, and, uh, and right. on Facebook with streaming, you know, videos. Oh, yeah. But I, I know it's a tough and oversaturated market, but. Uh, but yeah, just uh, I think a lot. It's it's cool to see Metallica now and kind of think back to how they were perceived back in middle school. How Lars mm-hmm. was perceived, you know, uh, getting unfair, unfair hate, unfair yeah. hate. So I was super excited to see them, and I made the obvious uh, observation that if it was thirty years ago, I could see Guns N' Roses and Metallica. Oh, in yeah. the same venue yep. on the same night because yep. I saw both bands in the same venue, but basically two weeks apart. Yeah, and just think about it, and it would have been for what could have been, you know, half the price at that time. Of oh course. yeah, but I, and I can't even imagine uh, that. So yeah, I was just super excited, and uh, I went with my wife, who casual, casual Metallica fan, really didn't know. Right. She knew like the hits, probably didn't know what their name, like the name of the songs were, other than uh, Enter Sandman, but recognize other tunes you know nothing else yep. matters she knows she knows things you know one of those but she was excited to go and i think it was our first night out without our together without our son our four months so that, that was gonna be a fun night no matter what for you guys yeah <laughs> those well, nights are rare i know so <laughs> a strange thing happened uh because and it happened more so during gnr i kind of missed him oh and yeah and yeah, i yeah. would look around because it was I think it's awesome what Metallica did to be around some of those price issues is have a um, like a kid ticket, yep. right? So they would admit encourage children to go <clears throat> right. essentially. Yeah. So it just made me think. Well, my my son's basically he's four months. Yeah. I thought we thought about it. Like, could we? We, we got headphones. Could we do it? Yeah. And it's like you know what? No, it's not. He wouldn't enjoy it. It was just right. for us to say that we took him and. 
right. put it on social yeah, yeah, media yeah. for people to complain about. So let's yeah. wait until it's, it's age appropriate <laughs> or something like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I saw that and, and just kept thinking about, oh, I can't wait to tell uh, see Metallica with him. Well, I know. I'll appreciate it. So I hope they. I don't. I saw no signs uh, signs of, of slowing down. I hope show, not. I mean, so I, I will get to take them to Metallica. If if you look at you know what other artists are doing, Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, like they're in their seventies doing it, and I think um, you know Metallica seems to have found a way to make it work because I do think you know the problem with them compared to those other artists mentions that the music is a little bit more demanding, right? It's a little yeah. bit more physical, um, but if you look at like the current tour. They're doing, you know, basically a whole weekend in one city and that's all they're doing till the next week. And they have all that downtime in between to regroup, relax, rest, rehearse, see their families, whatever they need to do. And then, and then the actual tour itself, I think it runs through, you know, maybe September or October. So it's a few months and then, you know, they'll be home for the holidays, so to speak. And. You know, I think they have, they structure it in a way that they kind of it can take their time with it now. They're, you know, obviously a big enough band where they have that luxury where they don't have to play every single night and go back and do all the B towns and C towns and yada 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 like they were doing in the black album tour and stuff sure. like that. But um so I I'm hoping fingers crossed because I would love to take my girls one day, you know. They're um three and two and um, you know, if they're, if they're going to play till they're 70, 75, I'll have that chance. So fingers crossed. You said one thing I never even didn't even think about was the, the rest time in between that they're just pretty much playing weekends or for, you know, Fridays, yeah. Sundays or whatever it is. So it's giving them time because same thing with guns N' roses hitting that age group. And yeah, that is the difference between them and some of these older acts you see out there is the uh, aggressiveness of the music and, the physical toll that it, it, it takes and the level that they've been f- performing the high level it's yeah. so many years that that's smart on metallica's part and i hope that guns N' roses does something like that because it's the same thing and, and that could be uh, if you want to i call it an observation rather than a criticism because criticism implies negative the observation right. i make about axel you know that that it, he's playing they play longer than, than Metallica, for one. They, he's doing three hours plus. Wow, yeah. But that could help his voice, you know, yeah. in certain things that you just can't, you can't deny it, that yeah. he's not, that the certain notes aren't there some night, which happens anyway to what, yeah, with sure. singers. But just the overall observation people have made about Axel, which, you know, 61, still running around like crazy, that mm. if they took on a, on a Metallica schedule, could that... Could that help him? Could that help the band? I think that's a cool thing to to do. I mean, putting it yeah. out there. What if they did a, a weekend of Use Your Illusion 1 and 2? You know, I, I, I would be there. Gladly, I would be there both know? nights. Yeah. Well, because I, I think you, you went both nights or just the one? I went both nights, yeah. Okay. See, I just, right away, I didn't know before it was announced. I'm like, they got to sell one-day tickets. I'm like, I can't afford two days yeah. like, for a variety of reasons. <clears throat> but I made sure I went the day that Pantera 
open. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I've never yeah. seen Pantera, or if you want to use air quotes and be that person, fine. But <laughs> I, I've never seen Phil Anselmo live and, yeah. you know, Charlie Benanti and Zach Wilde and, uh, you know, of course, Rex. Yeah. My, my, my son's middle name is Rex. Oh, so cool. Got, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. And then I, man, 20 years, I'm like, oh, how did I wait this long? They sounded yeah, right. the same. They sounded the same. So James' oh, yeah. voice is different. Yeah. He's different. He, he, he looks older. Yeah. My wife, my wife, by the way, just like how she's like, oh, who's with GNR? She's like, who's the blonde one? Duff. He's hot. <laughs> well, his wife's hot too. So you're stuck with me. Yeah. We're stuck with each other. She yeah. said, she's like, with James, he's a handsome man. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he's aged well, you know, he's been <laughs> yeah, through yeah, a lot. Yeah. He's been through the ringer, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, she had to make that out to me. She would not like me with that Fu Manchu. He yelled at me the one time I got <laughs> I shaved off my beard and just had a mustache. She's like, I know you with the beard. That's I, yeah, you gotta keep it. When I was in college, I rocked the Fu Manchu. I had the big, um, uh, burns that came down and I had like the whole, oh, the half fields looked. It, 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 it kind of like Lemmy Hatfield, you know, and um, it's, it was so funny because my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, hated it. Every girl hated it, but every dude was like, "That is awesome!" <laughs> it's so and I, and I, that. like I said, I had a girlfriend. I wasn't trying to impress anybody, so. Right. Except except the guys, I guess. So, <laughs> that, no, that's funny. Sometimes, depending upon how long my beard is, I yeah. get the same thing. Some guys are like, "Wow, that's a that's a massive beard," <laughs> and others will be like, "You got to trim that up." Be like, "You got to trim yeah. it and keep it." So I I, I, I kind of keep it trimmed now, but yeah, right. I can't shave it. She'll get upset. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, man, I I had uh seats. They were high up, expensive. You know, I wish I could afford the. Where were you for uh, Metallica? Yeah, so they were. I mean, maybe I could. I can't remember. Three hundreds. I was uh, up there. I was literally. Well, I was literally the last row in the stadium. Okay. And then, and then night one, I looked at my buddy and I said, "I need to go down lower." I mean, they're my favorite band, so I'm like, "Let me let me see what I can do without you know." being a dick and getting kicked out or anything stupid like that. So I was able to just walk down. I walked down to the hundreds and there was an empty seat and, uh, the guy behind me fist bumped me as if he knew me. So everybody just thought I belonged there and nice. I spent the rest of the night there. Then night two, Perfect. I said before the show, I said, I'm going to go on the field. I don't know how, but I'm going to go in the field. Okay. And, uh, I was able to just kind of see, an opening where security was looking the other way and I slid in and blended in with the crowd and was good for the rest of the night. But they're the the one band where I would, you know, I'm like, let's see how close I can get (laughs) without getting thrown out of this place. (laughs) You didn't have to call your, your wife and daughters from jail. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I knew I was going to sit up there and, and also, um, this is a consider. I'm, I'm handicapped, a physical handicap. I, yeah. I wear leg braces. I use a cane usually. I have mm-hmm. a, a neurological disability that affects the muscles. So there's weakness <laughs> and some balance issues. I mean, I get around. Yeah. But the last few years, I've just noticed like when it's, especially when I go to concerts mainly, or if I'm going to the airport and you got to go all the way across, 
it's just a lot of anxiety and stress. I get fatigued. Uh, there's yeah. a chance of me falling. Uh, I just decided to get a wheelchair. So this was actually my first concert using my own wheelchair. Oh, I wow. tried once. I went yeah. to Buckethead in a travel chair. I said to mm-hmm. my wife, because it's a whole process. Now, even if you're handicapped to get a wheelchair, uh, to, to get one with through insurance. So I yeah. couldn't get one in time for a Buckethead. So I went with, bought a travel chair from like Rite Aid. Uh, <laughs> So, but for this one, you know, it was, it was cool, uh, to do that. So I didn't have to worry about it. And if you nice. are aware, if you have anyone has that ever had like ADA seating, like that's your chair yeah. and then whoever's your party folding chairs. So that might've been like the first, might've been the first row in the three hundreds, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was really no one blocking my view, even nice. though it was, it was high up. And plus they had the end around, they were in that yeah. circle. So, Which I thought was a great setup. It was a great setup, and it makes me, it made me more desirable for a GNR setup. Yeah, I had never seen a show. I mean, I've seen a show <laughs> in the round, like a small scale. I saw years ago David Lee Roth in the small little theater on Long Island. Uh, that speaking of things changing names, Lord knows what this place is called now. It's <laughs> gone, it's gone through every name. It's of the, the Pepsi book. Target, something like that, and. Uh, this was during his phase where he had like extensions, like before he decided, like me. And I right. never had extensions, but where you're still holding on to your hair and you really just need to <laughs> shave it off. Right. He was going through that that phase, and it was like an end around small little thing, but never that massive. Yeah. So just at the, I mean, it was still daylight out for Pantera. I'm so glad because the traffic traveling from Queens where I am mm. to to MetLife should have taken. I mean, we gave ourselves more time than an hour. Yeah. But it took almost two hours to get there. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm glad I caught uh, half a Pantera's set. Yeah. Uh, I was okay with Missing Mammoth uh, and yeah. Wolfgang Van Halen just because I've seen them before with Guns N' Roses. Oh, right. He, yeah, he did an opening for them. Yeah. A couple times, actually. So I've seen him like one and a half times. There was one time I was late seeing him because I waited on the merch line. Yeah. And this time I didn't want to. Unless something really caught my eye, I didn't want to miss because I was like halfway through Pantera. But I, you know, Cowboys from Hell, I got it. I got Walk. I got yeah, you know, some nice. things yeah, that yeah. I, I wanted to experience uh, there anyway. And uh, everybody and their mother, <laughs> that, after that, left to go get merch. Right. And then I was a little disappointed with. I wanted to get some uh, new Metallica merch. Um, I didn't really like any of it. They all had the style of the new album. Which I mean, it's kind of cool. I like the black and and white, you know, the striper colors, I guess. But it just there was nothing that really caught my my eye, so I was disappointed with the merch, unless I, something passed me by. But yeah, like so I just I just waited for them to to come out, and uh, I knew they they still opened with "Ecstasy of Gold." I'm like, it just still got me. <laughs> oh yeah excited and uh the fact that they went into oh my god fucking not harvester of sorrow that what was the fucking first song and that that creeping uh, death creeping death thank you yeah. that just like they hit you with a punch in the mouth mm. and just man i was excited but i i knew i was only gonna get half the because with the two nights different set lists you don't know what you're gonna get sure i didn't really there were two songs i wanted to make sure like i i got or I heard like one was battery and they mm. played battery. So I was super happy and master of puppets, super happy yep. uh, with that. And they played something off of, which I think is perhaps one of the most 
uh, underrated Metallica songs, often underrated, perhaps the most underrated album, Death Magnetic. Yeah. And the day that the day that never comes. Yeah, great song. I fucking love that song. The way yeah. it builds up. I love the, the guitar work in that song. And that was just a, a pleasant surprise because I wasn't thinking about that live. Right. And uh, I just wasn't. And to get fuel uh, was was a lot of fun to sing. It was just yeah. It was just a great experience. And then they had those giant beach balls that come out. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> and that's fun to watch when you're that high up. Yeah. And they're moving around, right? And it's cool to watch the beach balls and to watch those small circle pits right. from above, like an yeah. eagle, eagle's nest kind of. That's cool sure. to look down upon because you wouldn't get that experience if you were that level. So that's yeah. cool to watch. Uh, but I just didn't – it took me like a second to realize, like, how did Lars move his drum kit? Like, <laughs> like, it gets dark. Is it on wheels? My wife's like, yeah. no, it goes underneath <laughs> you must have another one and i'm like that's pretty badass and it's like it's like a yeah. magic trick like you just don't see it happening yeah you see his kit somewhere else yeah and it was just a lot of it was just a lot of fun it, it yeah. was uh the show overall and it's not going to be another 20 years before i see them again excellent yeah it, they put on i mean i always tell people even if you're not a fan they're one of those bands I think you need to see because they sound great. The production value is always top notch and it's just always, you, you always get, um, you know, your money's worth. Um, yeah. so you've seen them twice. How many times have you seen GNR? So this was my 10th time, which was the most about of any band. And yeah. That's not to, to brag because I know there are people who've seen bands way more than that. My wife has seen, Dave Matthews uh, over 60 times. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, she's gone to uh, Mexico. She's actually taking our young son. And maybe maybe this will be his first concert. Oh, my God. Uh, they're going to uh, Washington State. She's technically going with a friend. And her right. sister's meeting her there to babysit baby Brownstone. Um, but if he's being good maybe bring them out to sit on the lawn and this right. is uh the gorge i think they're going to yeah which is like a beautiful uh, amphitheater or i don't even think it's an amphitheater it's like whatever it is beautiful venue that's what yeah. before uh so yes but 10 times and i don't know with metallica i think every time they came around i mean now with it's it, i don't want to sound cheesy but i have like a really good concert partner with my wife she's always yeah. down to go and see and live music yeah that's great and even though I have friends who love Metallica, it's the days of middle school, high school, college. You're poor. Yeah. You're poor. I can see. Yeah. But with, you know, and I felt like they were always going to be around. Right. Which I learned the lesson not to always do that because I could sure. have seen Tom Petty. Yeah. I could have seen uh, Mitch uh, Hedberg. Mm -hmm. he, he was at my college like a few months before he died. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, are you able to pause this yeah. at all? Yeah, all yeah right. for sure. I heard my doorbell, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> Go right. ahead. I think it's Amazon. That's okay. <laughs> it usually right. is Amazon. So you can okay. It usually, I don't know. We, we have at least at my house, diapers or wipes or something. That's what I mean. We're always getting these diapers. My wife is ordering like stuff off of uh, Amazon yeah. or. Some yeah, baby thing we're getting delivered. Right. 
we don't have because I got obviously my son a lot of GNR onesies. Yeah. Like Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, we don't have a, a Metallica onesie yet. We time to add it. We did have in the style of uh, ACDC, ABCD. <laughs> nice. And my brother just bought him because he's a big uh, Blink One Eighty Two fan. Yeah, uh, stinks One Eighty Two. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Master of Poopers is is that is that one that they 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 make for Metallica? Maybe? I know I had one. Um, what did it say? I think it said uh, it, it was the Kill 'Em All album cover, but. Instead of a like hammer and blood, it was a bottle and milk, milk. and it said "spill them all." Ooh, um, I gotta, I yeah, that one. All right, I got that was a that, that was a gift I got for uh, um, a, a, from a friend of mine when my first daughter was born. Okay, people know me well. well what about? <laughs> have you ever talked about this? Because I played him the lullaby versions of Guns N' Roses. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. And, the, I think the first episode I did after my daughter was a review of the lullaby yeah. renditions of the Metallica. Um, you know, when that baby, when, you, when you're a first-time parent, at least I'll, I'll speak for my experience as a first-time parent, and when, you know, we, my wife and I called it the witching hour around 4 p.m., and the baby starts, you know, crying, screaming. And when we first came home with the baby, we didn't know what to do. So I was just playing all this music and, you know, bouncing around with her and trying to calm her down and, yeah, those lullabies definitely uh, got tried out once or twice. So, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I wish I got it on tape. I just got the uh, the result, but he was crying, and I'm like, "Let me just try this." And I throw it up on YouTube, and yeah, the lullaby version of "Don't Cry" came on. And oh yeah, he stopped, he stopped crying. Wow. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was probably the sound more than the uh, lyric. Well, yeah. there are no lyrics, but the emotional attachment. To yeah, the song. yeah. But yeah, I because I, I had never. I'm gonna try that too. But the Metallica, I'm sure that I know there is one, and they're yeah. always so good. Like they're just they're really well done. They, they I was surprised at how well done it actually was. You know, like it it could have been a lot cheesier, right? You know, but it was done well. Like, yeah, did you play that game where you're trying to guess the song, like yourself, like if you recognize it. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's toys. That's a fun yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> so you find it's it's a fun game for babies and adults. <laughs> you got to yeah, do so. what you got to do to keep yourself entertained. Sometimes you know yeah, when you're in the sure. thick of it. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so that's why just getting out and getting to see Metallica while he's home. But like I said, yeah. you know, it just makes me think of like I can't wait to introduce him to this music. Like yeah. my dad introduced me to like Zeppelin and, and, the, and the Doors were through maybe. Right. Some I think he had on vinyl or even eight track, but a lot of it was through classic rock radio and um, yeah, Metallica would just always be in there in my life um, and just becoming a fan. Have you? Um, I have yet to have any of the members. I know it's hard to be on my podcast. Mm. With love. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah. I've had a couple of Megadeth. That's why I'm repping the shirt today. I, gotta, I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. That, oh, my stain action over there. You know, that's my Mustaine impression. It's, uh, well, two of my three Metallica shirts are in the laundry. Yeah. Uh, we just, uh, the baby stuff needs to be cleaned first, so they're still dirty <laughs> right. for the concert. Yeah. I have one. It's so fun. It looks legit now. 
but it's not. And I'll be honest, because that's who I am. I got it because it has a picture of the uh, not the original band because it doesn't have Dave on it. Speaking of which, but it has Cliff on it. So right. the Kill them All. Line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the what you know. Who am I explaining it to? Yeah. I'm explaining it to you. <laughs> and it's like a long sleeve baseball tee, black and white. Yeah, it sounds cool, but I got it from Hot Topic. Yeah, in, co- in college. <laughs> but now, because that's been twenty years, or yeah, it's like has like rips. It's starting and to show its age. It. Yeah, now I'm like yeah, <laughs> but I'm not like yeah, yeah. It's not from 1983. It's from 2003 or something like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess I guess through the song because they. It gets hot in my apartment in Queens. So I get hot. Oh, so yeah, I, I had a you. mega death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of metallic. I like mega yeah, death. I, I mean, I, I, I am constantly. I do like mega death. I, I, I'm constantly giving. On this podcast, I constantly give Dave Mustaine a hard time, because one, he's fun to impersonate. Two, he's a he's a character. You know, like yeah. he's and he, and he puts himself out there a lot in interviews for better or for worse and he's easy to like you know he's easy to make a butt of a joke sometimes on metallica podcast but i in actuality i've said this before i'm a big made fan. they're one of my favorite metal bands of all time and um uh their last album i was a real big fan of um so i mean i'm glad to see they're still doing it you know just like the rest of these guys Oh, for sure. I've really grown to to like them too. I I, I was a Metallica fan before Megadeth, and then I don't know what when the switch happened. I'm like, I've really yeah. been skipping on Megadeth all these years. <laughs> uh, but I, I've been lucky to have Dave on uh, three times, and oh, awesome, and Dave Elfson twice before the uh, situation that happened with them. Yeah, I had uh, I interviewed Elfson before the situation. Really nice guy. Yeah, very um, nice guy. Had good Guns N' Roses stories. I would um, love to have Mustaine on here, but I, I think just because the podcast name, it would probably be a no-go. But that, you never that, know. Well, yeah, that's unfortunately the issue that I have sometimes with Appetite for Distortion. It's yeah. misleading, even though I've had uh, Dizzy on, uh, Richard on, yeah. Frank on. Uh, I think those are the last times I would ever have them on because I'm – I've been told by two different people who don't know each other that management doesn't want them doing any more interviews uh, unless they're approved by him. Because of like, this is like the manage uh, manage uh, clickbait yeah. about new music, and this happened yeah. from happened a couple of years ago, and that my name was specifically mentioned the Appetite for Distortion podcast. Um, and there was one time which was not GNR management, which was just one of. They were, this guy was working with Duff uh, on the radio side when he was promoting a solo album. Yeah. And even through my actual radio job, I couldn't get him because of oh, wow. my podcast. Wow. And that guy, even though like, we're through that guy, like he's gotten to know me better and I've gotten other people. I've told this story too on my right. podcast. Uh, like he was protective of Dirty Honey because they were close with Slash about being on my podcast. He so- looked like. So maybe this is insight to you. Yeah. He looks at Appetite for Distortion as being like another name for like a Chinese restaurant. They just said poison. Like mm. just like it was actually not the band, but like yeah. just like this is just not a place you should go. Um, and not that I expect any everybody to listen to me because I don't yeah. know who I am. But the way I write emails, I mean, I, I think it's just uh, conversation. Could, conversations could be had before you're excommunicated before yeah. getting an interview it's just uh, that the person wants to do right 
it's just bizarre to me because like you're a fan you do this out of you know love for the music yeah and you have a decent following it's going to be you know a conversation that ultimately is going to be positive press for the musicians involved and the band and you know it's just well that's that's our goal yeah that's our goal and but that's not always what happens with the clickbait stuff right um and i know i i've unfortunately become too fearful of that so that's come out actually to go back to dave mustaine at times where i'm nervous so like the first time i'm i was nervous i'm not gonna pretend to be cool I got stuck on I'm really big I've been in radio for 20 plus years I'm old school I, I like segues I like questions that tie together not think coming out of left field or too stupid uh, I got stuck on the word because I, I wanted to bring up Slash and his friendship friendship with Slash and it was idolized I got stuck on the word idolized mm-hmm. and I wanted to think of admire and I was like speaking of idolized I used it in, in oh yeah because tell I remember I made clickbait. I was like, "Do you, how do you think about when people call you a guitar god? Just a term I've heard as a fan. Yeah. And he's like, I don't really fancy that word, god. You know, and it made me nervous because he, just the way he said it. And because he's become, he's very religious now. Right, sure. And he's like, I don't fancy that word, god. And he gave a fine answer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, speaking of idolize, do you idolize his, uh, Slash's work as a guitar player? And he's like, oh, wait, wait idolize did you just say i idolize slash and i just get sweaty and beat red i'm like no yeah. i meant uh admire appreciate i'm just stuck on the word i'm sorry he's like no no it's okay and he gave like a fine answer yeah he didn't get mad at me but he gave that what we see of david yeah. in the public where he's right can be salty at times but he was super nice yeah uh the second time i interviewed him was on my birthday and I told him that, and he asked if I was going to get laid that day. So he's <laughs> he's, a, he's a really funny guy. Um, yeah, but, I think I don't know. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is it. just me projecting because I don't know the man, but I kind of feel like you never really know which Dave you might get just based off stories yeah, I've yeah. heard. You know, which might be the might not be true at all. But um, I, I would I would I, I'm not going to lie. If I interviewed him, I'd be intimidated. And, and, Especially and if it was for that. this podcast, because I'd be, I all jokes, all joking aside, I'd go into it with good intentions and wouldn't obviously want to piss off the man, um, right? But you know, I it, it's just funny. I don't think he'd be willing to come on and talk about his time in Metallica. But then when you look at like all these other interviews he does, Metallica's always coming up, right? Well, I think that's part of the issue too. Uh, so let's take Bumblefoot for example. Bumblefoot, one of the guitarists of Guns N' Roses during the Chinese democracy era. Actually, my first radio interview ever. I just happened to meet him at a Guns N' Roses show. I, I happened to be in Ottawa, ex-girlfriend. Uh, and <laughs> I met him, and we kept in touch via MySpace. Yeah. And at this time, I was working at a radio station in Cape Cod. And while they were on tour, we coordinated when you know we can do an interview. And my first interview ever. I was so nervous. Uh, I wasn't even full time radio. I was like a weekender. And we ended up taking like my 45 minute interview. And when I filled in for nights one week, we chopped it up into increments, like five minutes each night to do that. Yeah. You know, it was before Chinese democracy came out. Really nice guy. 
I met him another time at another radio station I was working at. Really nice guy. I mean, we were we're both from Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. My family's from Brooklyn. We're both Jewish. We should we hit it off. Right, we, you know, right, we're, sure, we're, yeah. We like each other. And also, I know people who know him who like my podcast. He has politely declined several times. Uh, I think he had a bitter exit from Guns N' Roses. And while I have offered to talk about no Guns N' Roses, yeah. yes, it's Appetite for Distortion. It's Guns N' Roses themed. Yeah. However, it is enough of a six degrees of GNR bacon, as I call it, just yeah. to have you on the podcast. You were in yeah. GNR. We could talk about Sons of Apollo. We could talk about Brooklyn. We could talk about your favorite food, Literally whatever. Anything. Yeah. anything, just to have you your personality on. Yeah. He politely declines. And the reason being that every single interview he does, yeah, he's asked about Guns N' Roses because whether he likes it or not, that's his biggest billing. That's the biggest. Right. Sure. It, yeah. it is. And he can have a, an hour interview and then one sentence about Guns N' Roses. Same thing with David Stane. That one sentence, that one throwaway thing that they didn't bring up that was asked to them. But, and they're just that becomes the, the host. Yeah, that becomes the headline by blabbermouth right. or by yeah. you know, ultimate classic rock, Loudwire. And yeah. I don't even necessarily blame all of them. Only when they do it out of context, right. which is another story. But fans also think that's all Dave talks about is Metallica. When that's not all he talks about. Yeah, that's not all Bubblefoot talks yeah, about. Because yeah. he's, I've heard him say that he's done interviews that he talked no GNR, and those won't get picked up. Right. So, because so, unfor yeah. unfortunately, it's like okay, those outlets don't care. My audience, I think, I care. I want to talk sure. about your other stuff than perhaps what yeah. you're famous for. So that's that's probably that's some of the issue that we both have having right. a you know a band for sure podcast. You know, and there's so, people who want to come on it just because it's a Metallica themed podcast. And then you get those right? too. So it's and then a there are other story. people who are like like we've been talking about. It's like, I think it scares them away or makes them at least not interested, you know, which is, you know, their choice. But I, I'm I'm like you where I'm like, we don't need to talk about the band even, you know. So if you have I, I it's a Metallica themed podcast, but if we're talking about metal and hard rock and you have some kind of association with the band, like like you said, it's like six degrees, you know, it's, right. it's it, the audience is there. Yeah. And, and they're interested and, you know, and when we do talk about the band and stuff and, you know, I'm asking for, you know, stories about the old days or whatever, I'm not looking for like gossip, you right. know, like I just, I'm looking for information. I'm, I, I'm interested. I know my listeners are interested, but I think that's part of the problem too, is that sometimes people are looking for the gossip, you know, and then they're less willing. They, they, it's hard to tell what people's intentions are, you know? You, gotta, you, you do your best to navigate, and that's why, you know, reputation is so important to me. And I yeah. say that to people. I don't want any dirt or gossip. Tell me a stupid story about, you know, Slash running around naked. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. With, yeah. you know, with a – not even like, see, is that gossip? I'm just trying to think of like a – you know, Slash picking his nose or something. Right. Like something silly. I don't really yeah. – care just to talk about an experience you had you know a right. fun experience so i think over time i've developed that narrative for the most part but yeah there are still those people that uh they it's that they i have no control over the outlets and just what is yeah take 
The best one ever. Oh, this was a Metallica story, so it relates. Uh, Kip Winger. Right? right. Like, yeah. Probably since the Nothing Else Matters video happened, he's been asked about that, right? Sure. Yeah. Getting the he's dart. He's been asked about yeah. Lars throwing the dart at him. And, you know, I had a chance to interview him, and I'm even looking up, because you know, it's so funny and it's true. Like, I know he's there to talk about his new album. Uh, of course, I'm going to talk about Guns N' Roses at some point, but when I post, like, who's coming on, people are like, ask him about Metallica or ask him about Beavis and Butthead. It's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I try to not always do the obvious. I try to do it in, sure. certain, in different ways. Yeah. So when I did, I'm like, I got to bring up the Metallica. I, last time I saw he brought it up, it wasn't a big deal for him to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, okay, this seems like a safe area. And I'm like, how do you feel today, you know, about it versus then or, you know, and he, Kip, decided to go up and in on Lars. Like, really just saying, I'm disappointed in him. You shouldn't do that to a fellow artist. And I think he may have mentioned this previously, but not in a while, how James called him within the last two years, year mm -hmm. and a half, to apologize for it. So that's, wow, like, wow oh, that's wow. recent. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I don't know if you do this, and th but this is a, a practice of a lot of podcasts or news shows or TV shows. They put a promo on, mm -hmm. a snippet. Mm -hmm. snippet of the longer thing a trailer right. right Sure, yeah so it wasn't even the first one i put up about kip i think that was the first one i put up was like him talking about gino the second one was him going uh, up and in on lars right he and this is like again not that i expect him to know i have a, i wasn't holding my child at this time and i'm not expecting him to know you know i'm sleep deprived but he sends me an email at like a wee hour in the morning 2 4 a.m something like that scolding me for making this clip to for putting this news out there about Lars and, and, and po putting him in a bad light saying that uh, you know I was here to talk about my new album only which was never said only you know, <laughs> uh, which I spent most of the interview talking about right was his, his new stuff and what he's doing now and you know, his orchestral arrangements and everything was so yeah. positive. Uh, just scolding me. And I, as I mentioned, so big on reputation. I don't need him. Like, I don't know if these 80s hair metal guys hang out and him telling yeah, yeah. You know, Don Dockin, don't do this. <laughs> things like that. So I'm just like, so writing back an email. I really can't go back to sleep. So I make a post, actually, because I was also on the heels of a Mike Portnoy interview where I asked about something that happened between him and Matt Sorum 10 years ago that became clickbait again and make Mike, mm -hmm. made Mike Portnoy not want to do interviews again. But during the interview, everything is fine. They right. don't care. Yeah, they yeah. care about what I'm the reaction, yeah. which, and it's not like I'm setting them up. What, why would I think a 10 year old non story, a, a Twitter, right? Feud, 10 year, right. It was, it was a nothing that was settled. It was a yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know it would become something again. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was off the heels of that and just writing like what my intentions are. And I told him about the GNR management issues. Yeah. What kind of host I am? Like you know what kind of person I am? I tried. You know I'm sorry. Check out the new winger. I apologize. Like I'll, I'll get, almost like a public apology to Kip. He took that the wrong way, and he's like, "What the hell?" Because he called me. 
which by the way, I'm not supposed to tell anyone, whatever. <laughs> uh, Kip Winger called me like, and, and to get ang- like upset at me again. And like, I've never experienced this in my whole career. You've never experienced things being taken out of context. <laughs> and you're, and you've never, like, and you think I like, it's like I set you up. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to him. I'm not trying to argue with him. I'm not trying to create a feud with, with Kip Winger. Yeah. Because uh, he was a nice guy. I just don't know where this. Right, where it came from. Where it came from. Uh, although, I won't name her, but there was uh, a rock star that she told me she had a similar situation with, with Kip. Where someone quoted her. Mm-hmm. And Kip didn't like the, the headline. And like <laughs> yelled at her about it. And she's like, did you even hear what I said? Instead of reading <laughs> the headline? So apparently he's like this. Uh, so I just calmed it down and explained to him I just used a clip to give people of anything full context of what you're talking about with Metallica instead of a headline that's not that's part of but he asked me to take it down and this so I'm like I, I will take these things down he's like you know, if you take these down like uh, you know it's okay maybe you know I, I will do another interview in my head I'm thinking I don't want to interview you again I already asked right. you about yeah. Metallica and Beavis and Butthead yeah. that's all I really care about <laughs> so yeah. these are things that happen that fans yeah. need to understand so yeah. when we do get a GNR member or Metallica on it's like I'm afraid of stepping on a landmine yeah. it's, it's, it's scary so we do our best as interviewers Yeah. which is why it's nice thank you for being the inter- person being interviewed this time which is it also a different experience as well yeah i um, know i've been in it, it was cool being on your show and i've been lucky enough to be a guest on other podcasts and it's always different you know because i'm like part of you wants to like lead the it, way <laughs> yeah you're 100 percent right and i have an interruption problem as it is i'm aware of that uh so yeah i have to settle calm myself but at the same time it's funny because I'm somebody who's in radio for a couple decades in a podcast. Yeah. I hate hearing myself talk. Yeah, yeah. After 12 years of uh, therapy, it's one of my main re- uh, one of my reasons for stopping is just because I'm tired of hearing myself. Yeah. Uh, but at, when you're a guest, they want you to talk, so right. I know I have to talk. So I, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So I'm like, well, you're you welcome. Cut, if yeah, if you want to cut <laughs> me off, and or no, I, I my yeah. I like to you know my approach is let the guest speak. And, uh, if there's space to fill, I'll fill it. If I have something to say, I'll say it. But if they, uh, if they want to talk the whole time, they're the focus, you know? Sure. And, but um, you don't want them to be boring either. No. And I don't want the, to sound like I'm droning on and on. You and have on not I, been, sir. All right. Well, you're, you're doing great. Good. One thing though, I do want to circle back to before I let you go is cause I, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, knowing that we were going to do this show together and knowing that, you know, GNR played what two weeks after Metallica met life. And, um, uh, in what I'm about to say, I don't mean it in a negative way. So I apologize if it comes across as like a backhanded compliment or anything like that to GNR. The GNR is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I think what Metallica and GNR have done has been incredibly impressive for different reasons. Like you mentioned before, you know, Metallica has been more consistent, right? They've come out with new albums and new projects and with a lot more frequency than GNR. We got Chinese democracy and, um, 
that's really been it other than the handful of new songs that have come out over the last year or so. And, um, but in, in a way, I think that sort of makes GNR almost more impressive in a way, what they've been able to do. Cause when you look at their catalog of stuff, they have like not, if you look at the classic lineup, right. Of like the current reunion of Axel Duff slash, I, I'm not, I don't mean to exclude like Izzy or anybody like that, but if you look at the, the that, that trio, they have three full length album of original material. Yeah. And they've made, and just with three albums, have established themselves as one of the greatest rock bands of all time. And all these years later, despite not releasing new music consistently, are still selling out stadiums on like what's what? It's been like a two, three, four year tour now or something like that. Seven. Yeah. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it, so in a way, I almost feel like that's more impressive that they've done less, but are still like here in the fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying and that's certainly a way to, to go about it. And that's why I'm like, they're, they're an impressive band. Cause and, and I poo poo when people are like, Oh, there goes a one album band with appetite. If you're excluding the illusions, stop it. Yeah, there, there are those who oh, there's filler. Should have been one album. I don't agree with that. The yeah. only fillers, I think, you know, don't cry. The alt lyrics, mm-hmm. and uh, in my world, yeah. which by the way, so if you get two throwaway tracks, because those are just my picks, yeah, um, in a, in a double album, that's nothing. And also, just to have a song with alternative lyrics is a cool thing to have. And in my world, looking back, it's like almost like a Chinese democracy preview. Yeah, way. it was like a you preview know, so of what's to come. Right. So, yeah. And we could even have less music from them because Lies was a holdover. They right. basically just re-released Uzi Suicide, their, um, you know, like a live album. Yeah. And did those four acoustic songs. Yeah. Uh, and, and now it was... And they're still playing Patience to this day. Right. Uh, use your, uh, used to love her every now and then. I don't think they'll ever play um, one in a million. That'll never happen. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, and, and the spaghetti incident. I mean, the, the covers yeah. is a, a delay. Yeah. Uh, and Chinese Democracy was supposed to be three albums, according to the folklore. Uh, so there, you can look at it that way. Like, like the Beatles, it's so crazy how... What would they do together? Like six years? I think yeah, something like that. Six years. The, right. The output, the influence. It's amazing. Right. So it's something yeah. like that. But then you have a lot of fans saying that this was. How does I wonder how Axel looks back at the wasted years, wasted time, hmm. and I don't know this. I don't know if this is where you're going because there was a tweet you wanted to say we got to talk about this, and I don't know if we're on the same. Uh, you sent me a tweet about something, and like yeah, I'm like we. We got to discuss the, the the verbiage of this. But, yeah, uh, I think I used. We were talking about the new songs, and I think I used the. I asked if it was a rehashed oh, song. So I guess that's yeah. all part of it. So I, I think I think a lot like what James has gone through, where James has been more public, and I mean that with like rehab and struggling. Right. Uh, Axel has gone through a lot. Yeah. And has taken his time with that, and where you see a lot of James's on display, especially in the documentary, some kind of monster 
Axel's kind of behind the scenes. He doesn't want, and yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Because it took me a while to put my mental health issues on display. I mm -hmm. was basically a hermit for two years of my life. Uh, so I, I just don't know if they're wasted to him because I, I think he spent a lot of time soul searching. Right. Uh, he had a really, really messed up childhood. He had abandonment issues and he felt like his band abandoned him. <laughs> and if people, those, I think that goes into the latenesses, his mm -hmm. erratic behavior back then. I think that was all, it could translate into diva behavior if you want to la label it that. But I think those were issues he was struggling with. And that was probably a front he put on too. Probably. You know, um, to cover up whatever was the, going on, you know. The former Guns N' Roses manager that was with them during those times, uh, Doug Goldstein, has told me, I mean, whether you want to believe him or not, he's like, Axel should not have been on the road during that time, during User Illusion. I tried to take him off the road, and Slash said no. He's like, because if you stop this, we'll never, like, the show is over. Like, we're going to break up. So Slash, like, knew they were done yeah. as soon as the tour was done. So they bat everyone battled through it. You know, they all had their, yeah. their demons. So I don't know. That's why I can argue the word wasted years with Axel. You know, those are the two perspectives being like they don't have a lot of releases, but look how high regard they are, or they right. could have done so much more. Now with the rework stuff, I don't again I don't know if it's something that's been happen that's happened with the Metallica camp. Uh the only thing I I could think of uh recently <laughs> with the the last uh, Van Halen record, a different kind of truth, right? Yeah. Where it was stuff written years ago and they reworked it. Look, I, I get I get if it's something that you're singing like you you there were very teenagery lyrics or immature lyrics and you're getting something that you may I, I don't know it's whenever you were at that time yeah. it was a song that was made how you felt right. and why should you deprive yourself or your fan base putting out these songs so I think putting the word words reworked or rehashed or mm -hmm. old or Chinese democracy leftovers Chinese leftovers it's, it's we can have fun with phrases but right. they're I like Chinese much, leftovers myself I, I, just, do, too. Yeah. I do too <laughs> it's like, clever be a, a great album yeah but yeah. leftovers by the way I got Chinese leftovers like literally yeah. Chinese yeah. leftovers in my fridge <laughs> right. Chinese and broccoli waiting for me <laughs> and it's good it doesn't yeah. mean it's bad it's just yeah. what's been held over yes. it doesn't mean it was like how user illusion was supposed to be two albums right it is so there's no leftovers there, or at least maybe there is, but it's supposed to be two albums. Right. These Chinese records, songs could have been on discs two and three. Uh, leftovers implies that they're bad or they've gone bad. Um, they've just been redone with this current lineup. And I think it's cool that if Guns N' Roses never broke up, all right, Izzy quit, right? And uh, Adler got fired. So if, if Slash stayed... If Duff stayed, uh, you, you, we don't even need to talk about the drummer situation now. Just those two stayed and kept on the musical path that Axel wanted to go on, which was part of the breakup, we would have gotten Chinese democracy. So now we're getting what Chinese democracy would have sounded like with Slash and Duff, yeah. which is what people wanted when Chinese right. democracy came out. Yeah. Uh, it's Buckethead. It's Slash. I don't want to listen to it. Now you're getting Slash. On Chinese era songs, and now you're complaining still. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's not Izzy. Izzy left the band 30 years ago. Yeah. Get over it. 
Like, I would love guest appearances as somebody who's never <laughs> seen the Appetite Five, but he is not rejoining the band on a full-time basis. I will hope. You never know. Will they write new music? Will he have a guest appearance at a song? Adler, too. These are hopes I have, dreams. Right. But they're not rejoining. It's like Jason yeah. Newstead. He's not rejoining yeah. Metallica. It's you got to move forward, man. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. I mean, um, you know, kind of redoing old songs, not really a big thing on Metallica Camp, but the rest of it has, like in terms of, you know, well, Reload's just the leftovers from Load. It's like, no, they were intended to be, it was intended to be a double album that they split up into two separate albums, you know? Um, and then, of course, everybody has their favorite era of the band, right? So it's like, well, Cliff Burton would have never played on Load and Reload. or It's like, me probably would have if he was alive yeah yeah you know? I know. those are so the arrogance of some fans like how do yeah. you know how do you know what he would have done what would cliff burden think of the black album probably would have liked it i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> but you know the 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 sad reality was he wasn't there right it's not what happened and it is what it is and and i'm with you you gotta keep moving forward i think for me as a fan of gnr I'm, I'm glad we're getting new music i i liked chinese democracy i know a lot of people poo pooed on that album i like it i think i don't think it's i don't think every song is like great i don't put every song in heavy rotation but the songs that are great on there are great and hold up and i, I think it's a good album i'm am i interested in hearing more of that sure why not but as a fan i would love for them to just start from scratch go in a room together sure and just create something from scratch and i'm sure there's a reason i'm sure either that's happening or there's a reason why it's not happening right so sure. it, 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 again it is what it is that's sort of my dream for them is just kind of go in a room and see what the three of you come up with from scratch because i just would be fascinated to hear what does the three of you creatively sound like right now in 2023 rather than taking a song 20 years old and updating and putting a new spin, whatever it is that you do. I'm appreciative of that song. I want to hear that song, but because I'm selfish and I'm a big fan of the band, I want to hear more of the other stuff too, whether we get it or not. I mean, of course, who knows, but. Well, to your point, and I, compl I completely understand and even agree with you because I like Chinese democracy also. It took me, I actually have it. Do I have it behind me still? It's the album I bought. Yeah, right there. Um, I got that at Best Buy. I don't even have yeah. a record player, and yeah. I have the Chinese because it, it was like the uh, the Holy Grail. It was just like it didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, well, but it took me three listens to really comprehend what I was yeah. hearing because it's an you're, insane. You're growing up. You you're used to for so many years what Guns N' Roses sounds like, right. and you're going into it with all these preconceived notions it's not slash it's axel with braids who is buckethead all these things okay. going on you know i remember this i don't know if you know uh, remember this specific song but if the world yeah. it's kind of like has a a porno groove yeah. falsetto guitar at the beginning and i remember saying what the fuck is this <laughs> but i like that song yeah. because at the, there was just a lot of layers to peel away and yeah. that's what it's like for these songs absurd even though it turned a lot of people off 
And by the way, I did not like the original version of that uh, that came that they played live, uh, Silkworms. But for whatever reason, I like I like Absurd. I like Hard. I've not warmed up to that one yet. I did like yeah. I did like Hard. Uh, what is it? Hard School? Yeah, with a K. <laughs> yeah, I liked that one. That to me though sounded like a little bit more like what you'd expect from like Axel slash sure. has more of that vibe. But then they come out with perhaps most recently. I dug that one too. That one. That one too, and that's very Chinese democracy. And also, yeah. use your illusion error because there's a lot of piano on yeah. it as well. But that took me, even though I, I never, my first impression wasn't to, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I, it's grown on me more, just like the Chinese democracy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to put out there who's to say that Axel is the one saying, let's finish what I was working on 20 years ago. Sure. Let's do this. Who's to say? Like, we're unlike with, uh, with Cliff, we have the ability to go back in time a bit to hear what Slash would have sounded on, on Chinese Democracy. So we're kind of getting an error of the band updated with a, a, a version of the band that we're more familiar with. Right. So who knows how that is happening? We're talking about a, Slash and Duff or I think they, if I remember correctly, the only interview that Axel did with Duff, who was on Mexican, it was like a Spanish radio station. Uh, excuse me, TV station that it was, they went up to him wanting to do Chinese democracy material. Uh -huh. And, and you wonder, did Axel go to them wanting like, let's play velvet revolver. Yeah. So this could be a collaborative thing saying, you know what, yeah. let's finish what you started. Let's finish that. And when we're finished touring, let's all get in there. Let's all right. do it. I mean, this is my fantasy plan out, but you know, me right, playing sure. you know, guns and roses, uh, checkers or whatever. Uh, I, I that could easily and that's what Slash has said that they're all gonna when they're done touring they're gonna work together in all new music and even if that's the case what so if Slash brings a riff that he's had for ten years that he's never had a place to use it wants to use it and Axel likes it we're gonna demonize that because it's right. an old riff uh, but yeah it's it, but I understand though the argument because yeah a lot of these vocals done by Axel were done in like 1999. Yeah. Like old but if that's let's get this out i don't know maybe let's let's yeah. purge the, let's purge the old let's get this all out now yeah. and then when we're all fresh and we're all friends again because you know, <laughs> i'm wondering if that i think yeah. that was a lot of the focus was right. them finding themselves sure they had to reconnect again. you know yeah because initially it wasn't supposed to last long, like long more than that yeah. chubador show and they in, in coachella i mean they didn't, yeah yeah i know the money helps but there are plenty of artists and bands you could look at and you could tell that and they have plenty of money. They could live off those appetite royalties. I'm sure for the rest I, of their days, I know shows, you know, people joke like, Oh, slash still has like alimony payment to pay. I mean, they're all fine. I mean, slash yeah. he'll do his commercials. He'll do yeah. his, uh, Barbie soundtracks. He'll make his money. Right. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I, I, I am appreciating what they're doing. But yes, yeah. at the I would be lying to say that I would not love to have them make all new music, not with just the you know the the three. I love Melissa Reese. I love what she's been adding live, adding the harmonies mm -hmm. live. Well, along with yeah. Duff, I think it's helped out Axel. I think she's like kind of like a, you know, um, just like a, a utility player um, yeah. that just more than than keyboards that can help out with the band and how to evolve to the ne that next step. So yeah, for us to see Metallica. 
in Guns N' Roses later in life, I think Lars has said, yeah, I don't know. There's going to be a point where I can't play Battery and Master of Puppets. You know, yeah. and you know what? It sucks, but that's okay. Play what you can play. I would rather right. see a 61-year-old Axel, a 60-year-old James Hatfield yeah. than anybody else, than the best impersonator in the world. I, I don't care. I want to see that person who wrote that song who's in that band. It doesn't okay. matter. Because you could tell with both bands, they put on 110%. They are not slacking yeah. off at all. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and in, and one thing I appreciate about both bands, Metallica and GNR, is that I always say this about Metallica. Like one of the reasons they're my favorite band is because you never really know what to expect with each album. You know it's going to sound like Metallica, but you don't know what version of Metallica or if it's going to be a new version or... You know, you mentioned before, you know, they've done the Lulus and the St. Angers and the loads and reloads. And, you know, they've taken their sound in a bunch of different directions. But that's also what I love about GNR, you know, like Appetite for Destruction is its own thing. If that's the only album they ever did, I still think they'd be one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Because that's just a monster of an album. What do they follow that up with? Four acoustic songs. But they follow that up with? The Use Your Illusion album, which is like, you know, hard rock white album where they just go through all these different styles and heavy focus on, you know, piano and more ballady stuff and old school rock and roll stuff. And and with the twists and turns on the way, like, you know, you mentioned My World, and then that's a segue into Chinese Democracy, which is its own insane. It's like Axel's pet sounds in a way where it's just like, it's all these like, you, you look at the liner notes of that record and it's just like insane the amount of producers and musicians on it. And but it's like, you know, it, it, and, and just to kind of go off track a little bit, as much as I like that album, that album was always doomed to fail, unfortunately, because I don't think you can hype up anything over a decade and have it live up to some in, in some people's heads. You know? No. And I, yeah, but, I'm of the belief, like, you got to take it as its own thing. Like, yeah. I can, I really enjoy the new Metallica album. I love it. And maybe I'm a little biased, they're my favorite band of all time. But I also take it as its own thing. I don't need to compare it side by side to Master Puppets to appreciate it, you know? I don't need to, I don't need it to reach the commercial levels of the Black album for me to appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Same thing. I don't need to, I don't compare uh, these new songs to the appetite era. I appreciate them for what they are. And I'm just glad that they're active again. Cause you always yeah. had that. You always had the active Metallica and, yeah. and GNR was always uh, a mystery and it still is a mystery to an extent, but that's, you know, we like the bands that we like uh, regardless of whatever it is. I mean, I don't know if you were a fan of, when they were on Jimmy Kimmel and they actually became a master of puppets. Oh, it's hilarious. Or they're playing the, the kid toys on, on, on Fallon. I like watching that stuff because to me, it's, they're just having fun. Like right. they've reached a point in their career where they're enjoying themselves. Let them enjoy themselves. I agree. You know, like it, I, but you know, it, we live in a day and age, especially with social media and just the internet in general, where unfortunately and fortunately, everybody has an opinion that they can share. And then, it, it, the hate out there is just like it's at, at a certain point it's just comical to me because it's like you are using all your energy to like hate on this one thing it's in it's insane mm -hmm. it's insane 
it's the same thing when I see like negative podcast comments. It's like you took time out of your day to write a negative comment about my podcast. Like it just it's it's hilarious to me. I've started I get, having I get, fun. I know. I get if you're a fan and you like put a little bit of energy out there for something positive, but like to like to write negative words about my show, I just think I just think it's hilarious that somebody took the time to do that. <laughs> you gotta have like an empty life for that to really bother you. Yeah. Or you like you're so you don't feel good about yourself. You have to go out of your way to put someone else down. Right. Like yeah. a, a complete stranger in the safety of you know your phone it's just uh yeah it's it's sad so i've i've had fun lately with uh with trolls um usually because i've just been through so much therapy i just kind of mm. talked to them like a therapist like who hurt you what's wrong right because yeah. it's so i guess got i saw one before of just people who just make random still stupid shit about like axel oh is he late again what year is it what what year he hasn't right. been late for in, in a long time or you know what a Axel, what a what a fucking asshole! Oh, did he sleep with your mother? Like, just like, like, yeah. who hurt you? Yeah. Who hurt you? So yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I, you you can imagine the amount of Lars hate, you know, ideally yeah. from this end. I, I can only. Oh, you can't play drums and this and that, and it's I, just like, all right, yeah. Well, well I hear that about in, you know. I hear that about Frank with GNR, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not a drummer. It sounds good to me. I don't know the difference. I, yeah. I, I I hate to say it. I'm just a non-musician idiot who really just knows about the uh, the front man and the and the uh, lead guitarist. But I don't really I can't tell with the the drumming. I couldn't tell you the difference between right. Adler and Sorum. I can't. I just don't have that ear. So with with Lars, I mean, without Lars, you don't have Metallica. So what just what is a just, stupid thing with yeah. with Ringo? I mean, what a stupid thing! Like he's, <laughs> right. he's Ringo star. Shut right. up. He doesn't yeah. need to be. Neil Peart. Neil he's he's a beetle. You're not. End of discussion. <laughs> I, I know, basically. Wait, there's only three people who can criticize Ringo Starr. And two, two of different. them are no longer with us. So. <laughs> yes, that's true. Actually, I mentioned my son's middle name is Rex. First name is Harrison, after George. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, no, I, we, we thought about, I can't do Axel. It was too on brand. <laughs> but even though she, she's such a Dave Matthews fan, we did play with the name Axel Matthews, which sounds yeah. cool. But again, I can't be the guy with the Guns N' Roses podcast and the GNR kid. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we met at the Beatles. Gotta choose one. Yeah, we met at the Beatles, <laughs> so we're, we're happy with, with, with that. So Nice. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, man, for having me on. You get to talk oh, about it's been my, my Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where can everybody find you and find the podcast? Well, as they say, uh, wherever your podcasts, uh, you know, favorite podcasts are downloaded or, or streamed, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, which you can see the video versions. You know, as so you can see me uh, interview Dave Mustaine, things like that. Or wow, I... did he do that at <laughs> all during the interviews? No, <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> no, <laughs> although like he was. He was signing copies of his one of his books during the entire interview, which I guess I think is so funny that he can multitask <laughs> wow. like that. Yeah. He probably was like signing like 200 things. Yeah. And, and, and during that, he's such a busy guy, you know, yeah. just like, yeah, I'm going to do an interview press circuit while I'm signing autographs. Yeah. And that's when he looked up. He's like, oh, it's your birthday today. You get late today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, appetite for distortion on, uh, on YouTube and then all the 
all the social medias, Facebook, X, Twitter, Instagram, yeah, even TikTok, but that's pretty much just me putting up uh, highlights of, of the show. No dances, nothing. Not yet. No, nothing yeah. millennial up there yet. Well, yeah, I'm starting. I, I want to make more baby content. So sometimes my my co-host is my four-month-old son, Baby Brownstone. Yeah. He, yeah. He's made it through the episodes. He's cried a little bit. <laughs> I can always hit pause. <laughs> well, congrats on the baby. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, find Metallicast on uh, socials, Facebook. I want to say Twitter, but as you said, it's I guess it's X now. And uh, Instagram at MetallicastPod. And you can, uh, I want to, if you can, I'm here I am stumbling over the words, right? Um, I only say this at the end of every single episode. So, I've done you know, that. Um, leave a positive comment, five-star review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. It's anywhere and everywhere. Same as Appetite for Distortion. And I want to give a shout out to Bison, who do the, my favorite one-man band, who does uh, my intro music. And uh, would you, do you have a Hatfield impression in you? In, 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 if you do your Hetfield impression, I'll do my Axl Rose impression. Because I always yeah. start off saying, uh, met up your ass, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. In my best Hetfield. So can you, if, if you do that line in your best Hetfield, I'll get my best uh, Axl, which I've never attempted. So it'll be a spur of the moment thing. Met up your ass, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No doubt it gas. That's the best I got. It's horrible. <laughs> That's not experts.